the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. We are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss a minute of. Um, We are going to kick off the conversation with a very, very timely and relevant conversation. We know that COVID-19 has frankly affected all of us, but certainly it's changed higher education forever. It's impossible to open the news these days and see uh, a story about a graduation being canceled or, or an adjustment from campus learning to online learning. And the, uh, the team at Everspring Partners has certainly been evolving. An amazing, amazing Chicago-based company. And I'm thrilled to have Lexi Zarecki uh, here joining me, talking about that evolution and talking about the amazing resources that you guys have been providing for the past eight years, I believe, with many educational partners. Lexi, welcome to the program. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Lexi, before we get into sort of the uh, the topic of the day, I really want to get into what you guys have been doing over the past bunch of years. You you have developed um, vital short and long term solutions for colleges and universities. There's many amazing examples of folks that you've been working with. Can you name a few and tell us a little bit about how you have helped them? Yes, absolutely. So. I'm currently the managing director at Emerging Ed, which is a subsidiary company of Everspring. And Everspring has really evolved over the years to ensure that we partner and support our universities, such as the College of William & Mary and the University of Kansas, in growing their online course offerings and their programs. So it's really been great to see how the higher education space has evolved and really kind of grown over the years, and especially now with COVID, knowing the importance of being able to support universities and deliver programs online is really key. One of the big factors that Everspring had seen over the years is just the need to be able to offer really relevant and timely short courses in emerging technology topics that schools might be a little slower to develop. And so that was how the idea of Emerging Ed was born as well, which is really great and timely right now with COVID-19, just to ensure that the online courses that professionals really need to stay relevant and stay ahead of the curve in the job market are delivered online to the consumer as well. So it's been kind of a great evolution to see not only how 
we've been able to support partners in the past, but also kind of in this new business line and going forward, how Emerging Ed has um, been born and grown into the market as well. Interesting. Uh, absolutely. So you were already uh, in this uh, in this world before. So it wasn't like you had to sort of build up immediately. I'm sure that the uh, that the interest uh, has been uh, incredible. Let's talk from the sort of end user. Bottom line, it's all about the students. It's all about the education platform. What does that platform look like, and and how is it? Uh, in in relation to the typical sort of campus experience that many uh, many of our listeners certainly are used to, they may have uh, sort of grown up with. What what does the platform look like, and how is it perhaps even a better experience, providing even e- even a better platform for education? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really great question. So the platform that we've developed is kind of a proprietary instance of our learning management system, which sounds complicated, but basically what it means is we make online learning very engaging and relevant to the user. So for the short courses that we have developed that are really targeting professionals at Emerging Ed and leveraging the existing EverSpring kind of toolkit that we typically build courses in, we have an online environment that really engages users to interact with each other, have them communicate through polls and kind of short responses, as well as opportunities to basically go through really applied scenarios, asking them how would they react to a certain situation in the workplace, given a new strategy, if they're trying to implement, say, a blockchain technology, how would they actually evaluate it and go through that? So it's a really great simulation tool that we have in our courses to make it engaging. And it really allows, although students might be typically used to a more traditional educational experience, the online experience that we've really developed and worked on at Everspring and Emerging Ed really allows you to have that engaging feel within the course and make it much more relevant to getting your skills and applying those skills to the job as well. So, uh, Right now, many universities, many businesses, frankly, um, are are having to adjust very, very quickly. Um, what is the sort of turnaround time? I'm sure you're getting many, many calls and obviously appreciate you taking the time to uh, to talk to us today. But what's the turnaround time for a for let's say university that that is looking to sort of move their platform? to online learning using um, Merging Ed and using the Everspring, uh, Everspring uh, platform, how, how, what's the process that your team takes? Yeah, absolutely. So on the Emerging Ed side with our courses, the great thing is since the courses are already pre-developed, it's a really quick turnaround and a turnkey solution for universities to quickly launch and grow a portfolio of in-demand short courses in key technology fields like cybersecurity and machine learning. And so with that, it's pretty simple. We kind of do all the heavy lifting for universities on that end. We'll have them pick which courses they're interested in launching, work with their continuing education departments, and really get them up to going within six weeks or less. And so that's a really great way to kind of reach a broader audience of students, which is important right now as universities are going online and looking for other opportunities to kind of grow and expand their student base, knowing that, unfortunately, it's very hard to bring international students over now. So this is a way to make sure that they don't lose that ability to have a widespread kind of national and international base. And with that and with Emerging Ed, with those courses, kind of once that is launched and ready to go, we do the marketing course management and kind of everything on that side of things, putting it together. So it's a really great way for universities to kind of 
plug and play into these key fields that are even more relevant now with COVID, just the fact that professionals need tangible skills to upskill and to kind of continue forward. It's a perfect opportunity for universities to really grow their course offerings. And if I understand correctly, it's really not just about the platform for uh, for e-learning, but it's also sort of a comprehensive solution you're involved in uh, and actually partnering with the with your clients, with the colleges, universities and in, in helping them sort of with that acceleration of, of enrollments too. Uh, do you mind telling us sort of that sort of big picture approach that you guys come in with? Sure. Yes. On the broader Everspring side, we really bring an end-to-end management solution for universities to help them grow their existing online capabilities and really get them to convert and support that growth to online and to more digitalize the, the university environment more than it typically is. And so it's a really great way to basically have various solutions that universities can plug and play and identify what is most needed by them to support students online and kind of going forward. So it's a perfect opportunity for universities to really partner and kind of break out of a traditional online program management space and really more looking at being a full thought partner for universities and helping them go online in a more broad sense. Excellent. And I've been chatting with Lexi Zarecki, the uh, Managing Director of Emerging Ed for, uh, uh, it's an incredible, incredible uh, resource uh, that we've been talking about. And we have just about a minute and a half remaining. And I am curious what the feedback has been, um, both from students as well as, of course, faculty, uh, the folks that are on the ground floor of providing that education. What have you been hearing, Lexi? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely been interesting to see it students and universities who have maybe not gone online before kind of seen what they're doing and how to actually not just go online, but build an online capability and do it well to build courses that are really supporting students and that are very engaging. And so at least in the courses that we've built both on Emerging Ed and on the Everspring side, we hear a lot of times that faculty are very pleasantly surprised at the experience and how they're able to have very online and engaging courses online. And the other side of it with students really allowing them to understand that while you might not be in a typical face-to-face environment, you can still really interact with your fellow students, with instructors, and with individuals in the courses just to make sure that you are continuing to grow your network and that you are learning since we know that learning doesn't happen in a bubble. It's still important to kind of bounce ideas off of each other and have that, which we ensure happens in our courses. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for what you're doing because it has an impact um, on uh, on everybody. Uh, this is this is very much part of our life, and and we are certainly going to adjust to a new normal. And as we've been saying regularly on this program, necessity is the mother of all invention, and and you guys have certainly taken a lead role in that. So, Lexi, um, if folks want to learn more about uh, Emerging Ed and uh, all the work that you're doing, how can they find out? Yeah, absolutely. Very easy, simple. Just go to emergingnet.com to learn more and you can have that. We also have our social media handles at emergingnet or emergingnet1 if you're on Twitter. So it's very simple to find us. And if you're interested in broader Everspring, definitely um, go check us out as well. You'll be able to find us on Everspring on LinkedIn and everspringpartners.com to learn more. Well, Lexi, appreciate you taking the time. Um, We're going to be right back um, with more on the show that's all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Chicago, don't touch the dial. You're listening to Get Down to Business. Be back in a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. Uh, You can get on my website, shalomkline.com, and download podcasts from this past six plus years of the show. That means that we've had a number of fantastic 
uh, guests and tips and advice on the program. And uh, tips and advice, that's what my next guest is all about. I'm thrilled to be joined by Susan Ivitz, um, who is the human uh, behavior hacker. And uh, Susan, that is a uh, that is quite the uh, quite the intro. And it's exactly who you are. You are um, you are all about learning a superpower about being able to read people like a book. And I know you've taught this in many many companies, Susan. I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you very much for having me in your shows and congratulations for more than six years on air. I always say human behavior hackers and people hack computers. I hack humans. Why? Because I'm a fixer. You have a problem. I have the solution. And the solution we join based on body language, micro expressions, statement analysis, forensic analysis, personality types, and face reading. So I can know about you by a picture, by an email, by a text message, or simply by listening conversation. Uh, it's incredible. And you know, when folks see your bio, which of course will share your website and everything, um, they will be overwhelmed by the uh, by the amount of education that you have had. And that's uh, you have been programmed, I guess, to uh, to <laughs> to provide uh, so many amazing tools that are applicable in so many different uh, sort of scenarios. Uh, you have a lot of classes. You talk about uh, how these skills are used in the job search, how things like this are used in public speaking, and so on. So let's talk about some of the examples. I know you've you've worked with, you've trained many companies that our listeners know about. Tell us what you talk about. I don't want you to share all the tips or all of the secrets over here, but what? how can people read somebody else? Well, I'm going to give you an example because I think that is a, bit, a better way to understand what I do because uh, I, it's not a lot of people who does all the channels. You have people who does body language or microexpression, but I haven't met anyone who does all the channels together. So you are a manager. And we, you have been thought that the golden rule is you need to talk to others how, they, how you want to be talked to. What is the problem there? You have a team of 15. There are 15 people who have different personality types. You have introverts and extroverts is how they recoup energy. You have people who's visual. You have people who intake information different ways. You have people who process information in a different way. So people, I know it's a phrase that everybody says, but nobody leave a company. They leave a bad manager. So as your responsibility as a manager is to learn how to read your people. If I'm talking with somebody who is visual and processing information and facts and data, I cannot tell them a story. Why? Because that person is not going to do the job and the way they need it. Because at the end of the day, I talk, but the other people didn't receive the information and wanted to make sure they leave in the meeting with. So that's what is so important to read your people, not to manipulate, is to have a better communication. Information is data, data is power, the power to become humans again. Because at the end of the day, we are humans treating other humans, and we wanted to make sure that is the best way possible. So, Susan, um, you are an instructor. Um, you are obviously working with companies, but you actually have the Human Behavior Hacker School. And what I found fascinating uh, as I went through your website is you, uh, you, you have a webinar, for example, How to Hook a Shark, Profiles of the Shark Tank Cast, because you have analyzed the sharks and you have uh, you have looked at 
uh, their profile, their personality. But I, I actually want to use a different example, which is uh, the power face reading of the candidates for the 2020 presidential election. Can you sort of give us the the very, very brief version of of as you've as you teach these classes, what are some of the things that you've noticed between President Trump and and Vice President Joe Biden? Well, first of all, I want to say something never was done before. I invited another profiler from Europe and we did this the webinar together. Believe it or not, when you see a face, people tend to see different things. And when you're a profiler, when you're a face reader, you start to you start to see common de- de- common denominations on the face. For example, both process information slow, like they need the information need to make sense in their head. Both have small and thin lips, meaning they don't talk about feelings. They don't talk about things personal. Both have two lines that we call it the Twitter at three o'clock in the morning. Because Biden does, doesn't send the tweets, doesn't mean he's not checking the phone at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, both have low proxemic, meaning that they, they are impatient with people. Both have a high level of salt criticism. Donald Trump have a bigger line of criticism. That's the, the reason he's flipping every time that somebody talked to him. He felt that everything is a personal attack because he doesn't have any diplomatic muscle in his body. He doesn't have any diplomatic. We can see the face. We can see the ears. The ears is when you see when a person is diplomatic. In case Biden is more trained diplomatic. Who actually, if you start looking at their story, is because Biden coming from a political story and Trump doesn't, is coming from um, the, the business side when it's what I'm saying is my way or the highway. So I see, I would say that they have the same thing. They don't talk about feelings. Uh, they're both tweeters. Uh, they're both really impatient and they don't like to be criticized. And both when they give you feedback, I don't want to be the person in front of because they're going to say it as they mean it. They don't have filters. So maybe they do have filters in front of the people, but people inside of the campaign, they're not having a good time working with them. Very, very, very interesting. Uh, you heard it here on Get Down to Business, the uh, the analysis of the face reading of the, our candidates in the 2020 presidential election. Very, very interesting. And, and Susan, you offer a lot of free classes, um, including the ones that we just mentioned about Shark Tank. All of our listeners are all fascinated and big fans of Shark Tank being entrepreneurs. So a lot of those classes in the Human Behavior Hacker School are free of charge. Um, I want to sort of shift to the other side of of business for a moment. And right now there's, uh, I think as we come out of coronavirus, there will be a lot of hiring um, that is going to take place. I think everybody's going to start to rebuild. A lot of places were were forced to uh, put people on furlough. And I think some of those folks will be rehired. Um, There's, I think, going to be a lot of interviewing being done through Zoom and things like that. Um, A, is it possible to read somebody through video um, on Zoom or Microsoft Teams or one of those other platforms? And what tips do you have for an employer or even for a job seeker in face reading and body reading of the person on the other side. Since it's a lot of information, I'm going to try to deliver in bullet point. A, is more important the content. Second of all is the audio. Third is the context, what the other person is watching behind you. And, um, um, and four is the ambience. 
why is important the context is what you saying if the audio is bad it's going to be annoying in my head and i want i want to stop the interview or i want to stop talking to you as soon as we start so if you need to invest in anything do it in a microphone make sure that what happened on the back is not dirty clothing your bed undone try to use a y wall if you use a service like zoom you can do your own background for free we teach to do that in our webinars so you have a professional uh, scenario for example the logo of the company that you're interviewing with and your name on the screen so the person is going to remember all the time by seeing you all this information. Camera need to be in a 90 degree angle. You need to use natural light whether you have the window in front of you, no in back of you, because you become a shadow and nobody can see your expressions. And really, really important, talk to your hands. If I'm talking to you, but I don't see your hands, we have this paleo brain, and I'm sorry, going to the nerdy side, where it has to do with communication and trust. So if I don't see your hands, if you don't quantify things with your fingers, I think something is wrong. So the camera need to be two fingers on top of your head, need to stop in your um, umbilical cord, and you need to have a little wiggle. So when you're moving your hands, you're not getting outside the spoke of the camera or spoke of the of the of the of the computer. And another thing, if I can see your face, I can see your hands and the upper part of your body, I can be reading you. What is driving me crazy about videos and I cannot see your feet because yeah. you can lie with your face, with your body, but your feet never lie about it. And that is well, what is driving me crazy. We're going to have to leave it there. We're going to have to leave it there because I want to make sure uh, folks can get on your website. Um, what is that site so people can learn more? We have humanbehaviorlab.com. This is a consulting company. And we have Human Behavior Hacker School. It's the first e-learning specialized in human behavior around the world. So it's a lot of freaky, funny things. And amazing, amazing resources. Humanbehaviorlab.com. Susan Ebbets, um, you are uh, an amazing, amazing resource. I hope all of our listeners can check that. Thanks for joining me on the air. We'll be right back. Back on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You're listening to Get Down to Business, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Kira Lesko, um, the founder of the Eagle Institute. Um, Kira, it's such a pleasure to have you. Uh, thanks for joining us on the air. Thank you so much for inviting me, Shalom. Absolutely. So if you don't mind, give us the uh, sort of brief bio, who you are, and what is the Eagle Institute? Yes. Yeah, so I founded the Eagle Institute to help people, especially entrepreneurs and other people in leadership with meditation solutions to manage and deal with the challenges that they are facing in their careers and their lives. And I'm a serial entrepreneur. This is actually my seventh business. I first started by turning around a family business from bankrupt and you're close to it. And it was in automotive appliance trim industry, which was really hard, <laughs> uh, very demanding in terms of timelines. And these are skills that I had to develop so that I didn't get sick. And honestly, it helped me do a lot better. So I'm sharing it with others now. It's That's the most uh, important uh, thing to do when you find uh, the, the tools that work. Um, you, you share it with others and that's what yeah. the Eagle Institute is all about. So right now there are many people that are managing the stress. Uh, I, I know that I've certainly always been a sort of remote, um, worker. I'm self-motivated, but a lot of people have a lot of changes going on, whether it's yeah. professionally or even personally, a yes. lot going on. There's a lot of stress. 
how how have sort of I, I want to sort of talk to you as a person. How have you dealt with it, and what are you advising um, the folks that you talk to about managing stress? Let's say from COVID, but really anything that they're dealing yeah. with. And how do they be the best sort of human being that they can be, either as a professional or even as a, a family, uh, as a as a family man or woman, being the best person. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because we are one person. So whether the stress is from work or from the economy or for being in a really hard situation, the brain, the mind, the body doesn't know the difference. So whether you have somebody who's an irate person standing in front of you and you're taking on their stress or your child's freaking out because they can't do whatever they want to do or you just have too many things going on, the body, the mind respond the same. Now, the good news is that there, you can learn skills that it doesn't matter what's going on. You can control the way you feel. And that's what meditation gives you. It can also help you when you're already in the like, oh my gosh, I think I'm drowning here. I can't take it. It's too much. It, it is that lifeline that can be thrown to you or you can throw to yourself uh, just by taking the time to do it. And I learned this the hard way. Like I was trying to do things in business that were way over my head in terms of my level of skill and ability. The responsibility was very high. The timelines were short. And I had to learn how to do this to survive. And because I was able to learn to do this, entrepreneur friends of mine looked at me. I was going through a very difficult time in my personal life and in my business. Uh, Actually a sale with a shareholder that was not going well. And they said, I would be in the hospital if I was dealing with the stress that you have right now. What do you do? And I'm like, I've been meditating for years. And they said, I have to learn this because I just can't believe you're just talking to me calmly right now. Well, Kira, I, first of all, I appreciate you being so uh, sort of open and honest um, yeah. with us about your own experiences. And you talk about those experiences regularly. I know you are a regular uh, keynote speaker. Um, now, certainly times have changed in terms of, I'm sure, your travel schedule or whatever yes. the case may be. But you have so many resources that are up on your website, which we'll share in just a moment. One of the things that I find fascinating, which I'm sure many of our listeners can empathize with, uh, is the topic of a midlife crisis, yes. a midlife crisis, uh, and really a midlife crisis, I guess, can take place at at any uh, at any age bracket. Um, but you have um, you have developed a lot of resources. One of the resources, very very timely, talking about you know stress from COVID, stress from anything, and and those midlife crises. Um, it's almost Mother's Day. And you are um, you have uh, something that that piqued my interest on uh, on your website again, the Eagle Institute. Um, you are doing something special for Mother's yeah. Day. Do you mind telling us a little bit about it? Yes. Well, I've um, recorded a forty five minute, and this is like an instant stress reduction thing. So it takes you through the physiology. So whether you're feeling anxious, angry, depressed frustrated or just like completely at your wits end. It takes you through a physiological um, progression of techniques that start with breathing techniques and some mindfulness and action um, and as well some receiving and heart energy because that's one of the things that people are really missing right now. So it takes you through the sequence of these. So it will take you to a place of at least feeling calm and optimistic um, within 30 minutes. And we do that by hacking your biology. (laughs) Well, I, I love it. And and again, um, on your website, you have so many incredible things, including I, I love these sort of misconceptions and truth paragraphs about stress. And that's something I guarantee you, listeners, check out Kira's website because there's a wealth of knowledge, information, podcasts, videos, 
all sorts of things. Everybody will want to check it out, especially in this day and age. So Kira, um, how can people learn more about the Eagle Institute and get in touch with you? Yep. So we're active. We do a regular um, live stream questions on family karma and meditation on Facebook, the Eagle Institute. I also have a YouTube channel where we post videos, meditation, stress, midlife crisis, and we do live streams there as well. So you can Look for the Eagle Institute on either Facebook or on YouTube, and you can find some of our content. Well, Kira, thank you so much for these resources. We'll share it on our website as well. Appreciate you joining me on Get Down to Business and uh, come back real soon, okay? Thank you. So nice to be here. Absolutely. We will be back on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship in just a moment. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. Lots of tips, advice, resources, and events. Uh, We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Um, we try to on the program talk both about uh, talk with amazing entrepreneurs and uh, introduce and profile them, but also address sort of the the issue of the day. And right now, everybody's talking about about uh, face masks, which are certainly at the moment mandatory. And um, my next guest, Mar- Matt Marciante, has. Uh, has an amazing, amazing company, high-end leather company, and is now making cloth masks for the masses, donating thousands to those in need. Amazing, amazing story. And Matt, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. That's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's start about the company, uh, Marciante and Company. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you do, and uh, then we'll get into a little bit about how you've pivoted. Yeah, so my wife and I started a men's and women's leather footwear company in 2017. Um, our goal to create a very high-end product on the quality spectrum, but uh, much more reasonable on the price spectrum. And so we came up with a slogan, leather for the people. And that's kind of our approach to the business. Uh, you know, cutting out a lot of the middlemen, doing sourcing ourselves and designing ourselves and then selling directly to the consumer online, we're able to bring down a lot of the, you know, high-end retail costs. And so that's kind of where we started. Absolutely. And we're going to get back uh, into the story of your company in just a moment, but you have uh, on your on your website, I saw the story about how you are now making uh, cloth masks for the masses, as we said, donating many. Um, where did you come up with the idea? And tell us a little bit about sort of uh, how many you have produced thus far? Yeah, so we have a um, showroom and workshop here in Dallas, Texas. And we actually cut and sew a lot of our leather goods here locally. And obviously we were, you know, initially not considered an essential business. And so we were forced to kind of close down. And although we could still take orders online, we were not able to fulfill those orders uh, you know, and cut and sew a lot of the products, a lot of them are made to order. So uh, my wife and I made a decision early on that we were not going to lay off anyone on our team. We didn't want to cut hours or anything like that. And so we tried to get creative. And since we already had, you know, people with sewing expertise and we already had the sewing machines and equipment to cut the materials and access to the suppliers to provide those materials, um, my wife actually had the idea first and she was like, you know what, why wouldn't we make cloth masks? Like it's, you know, it's a pivot. It's, it's a way for us to give back to the community. It's a way for us to keep our doors open and, you know, basically give our employees something to do. Absolutely. And I know you're putting in, uh, I believe as many as 16 hours a day in, in doing this and, and you have seen your, certainly, I I know you are very involved in the community. Um, You, uh, you have 
been a uh, pastor and youth group leader for several years. So you uh, you certainly understand what a lot of folks are going through. So um, who are the masks reaching? And um, and I'm assuming they're not leather masks. I'm assuming you're you're trying to produce as many cloth masks as possible. Have you pursued uh, using your traditional uh, materials for masks as well? Uh, we have not approached um, leather. We thought it would probably be best to um, leave that one to the side for this instance. Makes sense. Um, so we're making 100% cotton um, cloth masks, and we are selling them on our retail site online. And basically for every one we sell, we are committing to donating three. And so we have already started sending those to um, churches here locally in Dallas and also some in New York and San Francisco and then Dallas Police Department, uh, some several groups there. And then also um, postal workers and you know FedEx and UPS, really anyone that we have interaction with as a company, we want to uh, be a blessing and, you know, help contribute during this time. And I know the masks are kind of a tough resource to come by at times. I know a lot of people have started making the homemade ones. And so, you know, we just thought it would be a great way to, to give back to those people. Absolutely. And what a pivot, because when, uh, when folks go to your website, which we have, of course we'll share with our listeners, um, they could see uh, high end footwear, bags, apparel, all sorts of different things, um, which, uh, certainly uh, look very different than, than than the mask, which I know you're churning out. I believe your your goal is to churn out as many as 100 an hour, which is incredible. Um, but I'd love to just sort of spend a very brief minute uh, talking about the story of your company. Um, what I, I, We talked about your community background, but what led you into the world of, uh, of high-end leather uh, apparel and accessories? Yeah, I kind of grew up around it. My dad has been in the leather footwear industry for about 30 years. And so he has a lot of connections, a lot of knowledge in that industry. And I've always been, you know, a shoe guy. I grew up playing basketball, so it was kind of a sneaker head. And uh, my wife is very into fashion as well. And so initially it started as a creative project that we could both work on together. And um, we wanted to try to attack the industry from a different angle. And like I said, come in with a, a high quality product at a reasonable price. Um, and so through my dad's, you know, kind of education and then our new school approach to the industry, um, one thing kind of led to another and yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. What an incredible story. And, uh, again, I want to make sure our listeners know where they could get, um, on how they could get on your site, A, to learn about the incredible community work that you're doing. You have a, a video posted about uh, the cloth face covers, um, and that's on your website, but they could also sort of browse your entire catalog um, with some fantastic, fantastic merchandise. So, uh, Matt, how can uh, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, you can visit our site at leatherforthepeople.com, leatherforthepeople.com. Thank you for the incredible work that you're doing. Um, everybody listening to this program can purchase the cloth mask um, through uh, Matt's website and uh, know that uh, with each of those purchases, um, another one is being produced um, for an incredible, incredible good cause. Matt, thank you for all that you are doing and uh, looking forward to following your progress here on Get Down to Business. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. We'll be back and Get Down to Business with more tips and advice in just a moment. Back on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship, we provide all sorts of content, advice, information. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. 
for the past six years of fascinating, fascinating guests and tips. And speaking of tips, I got one for you here today. In mid-January, while I was doing errands on a Sunday morning, I was actually listening to a radio interview with a family that has been living in lockdown in Wuhan, China. While they were well-organized and optimistic, the strain was clear in their voices. At the time, I was foolish enough to think to myself, so glad this will never happen to us. And here it is, the beginning of May, and uh, we were actually just talking off air about how many days in lockdown this has been. My dreams are an indication that uh, this is taking its toll. Um, Recently, I had one that included... Um, government releasing its research and declaring that it was shutting its borders for a century. For me, that is really a very, very scary thought because I know I've talked on the show about my passion and love for travel, and I am ready to get going and keep moving, um, both because I love connecting with people, and I know so many of our listeners are networkers like myself, love to get out there and learn um, uh, and, and connect with their clients and prospects. So why should you be making connections with clients and prospects? And I'll add sort of the category of jobs. A lot of people are thinking a lot of folks, unfortunately, have been let go from their jobs, might have been placed on furlough. And they're thinking, gosh, I'll take advantage of the unemployment and I'm going to stay. uh, I'm going to take advantage of that for as long as possible. I don't need to search for something right now. I don't need to search for clients right now. This is sort of a waste of time. What value can you offer at this time? So I've got some tips for you. We all want the economy to rebound as quickly as possible. Having financial worries on top of our concerns about COVID-19 creates a ridiculously high level of stress that cannot and should not be sustained. Our clients and ideal prospects both recognize and respect the, the actions we take to make things happen. If you connect with compassion, and we've talked about this here on the air in the past, in a clear value message, it's appreciated. I've proven this to myself during the past month, increasing the opportunities. Uh, In April 2019, I've been networking and connecting with so many amazing people, but it really is about being genuine and and connecting with compassion. When approaching prospects, we have to be incredibly diligent in our research, limiting our outreach to ideal prospects and ideal people only. Be strategic. Even though we are surrounded by uncertainty, we want to think and talk about the future. We want to plan as far ahead as possible. We want to be cautiously optimistic about the unknown. Conversations with clients, jobs, inspire ideas, spark creative discussion, and strengthen the likelihood of working together in the future. And while remembering, even cherishing the individuals, companies, and organizations that have approached us in the past two months with personal, generous messages and genuine messages, Our inboxes have been filled with COVID-19-related updates from cell phone providers, banks, online services. But you know what the ones that have stood out for me? It's the ones that actually didn't approach us at all. Um, It's the uh, Those are the ones that have risked the loss of future business if they have not been reaching out with a genuine and clear message. Reopening, rebuilding, reintegrating is coming our way, and it's going to be messy. Employees who have been working from home will need to readjust to office life. What will happen if schools, daycare, home care are delayed? And how will sort of that six-foot rule be followed at work? These are the projects um, that have been put on hold since March. They demand tremendous focus at the same time. The budgets will need to be reworked and new priorities established. If we have already presented our value to our clients and ideal prospects, they will find the time to continue discussions despite the chaos. But if not, chances of reaching them for a detailed conversation in June and July 
are going to be slim. So right now is the time to communicate. That's what the show is all about. Hopefully you learned a thing or two in the conversations that we've had. Some fantastic guests. Um, you can always download podcasts on my website, shalomclient.com. We'll link to many of the resources um, and guests that we've had on the program that is all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out my website, shalomclein.com. And again, share it with a friend, a colleague, a neighbor. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday right here on AM560, The Answer. Thanks for tuning in.